All right, well, let's open with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to get together to worship you. Lord, we just pray that we would be touched both by your word and by your presence, Lord. We just pray that everyone who is here tonight would be changed. No one would leave the same as they came. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, today I want to uh, speak about the truth. The truth. I almost always start with a Bible verse, but today I'm going to start with a dictionary definition, and then I'll go into a bunch of Bible verses. The dictionary defines truth as that which is true in accordance with fact or reality. Then John chapter 14, verse 6 and 7 says this. It says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And he goes on to say, because I only do what my Father tells me to do. Now, I need two volunteers today. I, 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 here's, here's the things. You've got to consider yourself at least average intelligence. I'm going to make you think on something. All right. You, sir, one more volunteer. I need two. All right. Yep, come on up. All right. So we're going to do an experiment in truth here. I need both of you guys up here. All right. Now, I need you guys to conspire. All right. Conspire. You have to decide. One of you guys is going to guard the door of truth, you will speak only truth. The other of you will guard the door of lies, and you will speak only lies. All right? But I can't know who is what. So just a minute. You guys decide. One of you is the truth. One of you isn't. None of us can know. All right? <laughs> Are they ready yet? Did they look? Give me a shake of your head. You can't hear them. They're ready? All right. You guys know what's happening. Okay. You know... <laughs> They, you know which one of you is going to tell me the truth and which one isn't. So, here's what we're going to do. We have to decide. I want you to imagine that they're each guarding a door, and our goal is to determine which door is the door to truth. But we can only ask yes and no questions. Has anyone ever seen this before? Not one person. Oh, a couple people. All right, someone's like, maybe I did once and I forgot how it went. All right, so... Are you guarding the door of truth? Yes. Are you guarding the door of truth? Yes. Okay, if you couldn't hear them, they both said yes. Now notice how when, when, when the truth isn't always, when there are lies, it gets confusing. Are you guiding, guarding the door of lies? No. Are you guiding, guarding the door of lies? So, we've got to figure this out. Hey, will she tell me the truth? No. Will, will he tell me the truth? No. <laughs> We're not there. Somehow, we have got to figure out what the truth is. Does anybody know what we need to ask? Do you think you know what to ask? All right. 
Do they have any pets? <laughs> oh, you know what? I get where you're going. If we figure out, know a lot about their life, we could figure out what they were telling, whether they were telling the truth. But we're trying to get them to talk only about the door. So that was a great idea. <clears throat> All right. Do we have one more? Because... Right. But about the door. About the door. Have you got it? Are they a Christian? All right. Here, here's the question that I'm going to ask. Would she tell me that your door is the door of truth? Yes. Would he tell me that your door is the door of truth? No. You said yes? Yes, I did. You're the liar. You're the door of truth. We did it. All right, go ahead. Sit down. All right. Did, did anybody follow why that, that worked? Think, all right, let's hold on a second. Think it, think it through. He could only tell a lie. And I asked him, would she tell me that your door is the door of truth? So we got them in a double situation it's hard but here's here's what i'm trying to illustrate okay i'm trying to illustrate that without truth things get complicated fast they get complicated really really fast you you don't have a guarantee of what's going on you you ask a question you you seek answers you don't get it right in fact the only reason we were able to, to solve that was because we had consistency. We knew that at least, at, even though he was lying, at least he was always lying. If we had removed that, if I had told her, always tell the truth and told him, say anything you want, we'd have been stuck. We'd have never known with absolute certainty which door was truth. And this is why when it, it, is, it is so important that truth is consistent. And when it's gone, it, you, I mean, you're in a mess. How many of you realize that in a marriage, in a relationship, you need trust? When you don't have trust, that's what it's like. It's like trying to figure out. What's going on without knowing what that is? Sometimes there are things we need to trust, and it can't. I remember the first time I bought a house. Now, for me, it was a little bit different than normal because I was living in Mexico, and interest rates in Mexico at the time were like, I remember if it was 13 or 18%. I mean, it was just way high. I think it was closer to 18% interest for, for home loans. And I talked to a banker here in the U.S. and was able to figure out how to do a business loan for real estate investment and then purchase my home there. So I was getting money from a bank in the U.S. and I was buying a house in Mexico. And I remember when it came time to wire $100,000. I had never moved that much money in my life. And I had to sign a button that just said, send it to this account. 
Now, some of you guys like do this all the time. You're like, hey, no big deal. I can remember being so nervous because I had to trust that whoever got that $100,000 at this bank in Mexico wasn't going to keep it. Wasn't going to do something else like, like that the whole system was going to work right. I just remember being really, really nervous. And you know what? It worked. But there's so many times we function based on trust. And you don't realize how much we trust until you go somewhere that doesn't have trust. How many of you still pay some of your bills by mailing a check? How many of you remember mailing checks <laughs> to pay your bills when that was the only way? When I was down in Mexico, you couldn't mail your check. Because nobody trusted it would arrive. There were too many untrustworthy links in the chain that no company would let you pay by check. You had to pay in cash. So when you wanted to pay the electric bill, you went to the electric company and stood in line. When you wanted to pay the gas bill, you went to the gas company and you stood in line. And when you went to these other, you had to go to those. And it was such an exciting thing when the grocery store made a deal with the electric company and the gas company and said, tell you what, come here, pay us, we'll take a tiny little bit, but they'll trust us to, to deliver the money to them. And so then you could pay all of your bills at the checkout line. Realize how confusing that is when you're like, oh, which one's the line's going to be the shortest? And then you get by some, behind somebody who's buying a candy bar and paying all of their home, their home bills. It had its perks. The Bible says in Titus 1-2, it says, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. Verse 2. And a faith and knowledge resting on the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. God, can he lie? He doesn't. He does not lie. 1 Samuel 15, 28 says, He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. So what, is the, what should be the result of truth? The result of truth is trust. But here, here's something interesting. If someone tells the truth, do you automatically believe them? Does, is, is being honest enough to be believed? Think about it. No. We, we had one person speaking the truth, one person not. We didn't know who to believe. We're all familiar with the famous boy who cried wolf because... We realize he told two lies just as a joke. Hey, the wolf is coming. The wolf's coming. Everybody comes to help out. There's no wolf. Then when the wolf actually comes, he's telling the truth. Nobody believes him. You know, the truth, honest people aren't always trusted because sometimes nobody believes 
Psalms 4, 4 through 5 says, In your anger do not sin when you are on your bed. Search your hearts, be silent. Offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. Psalms 37.3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Psalms 40 verse 4 says, Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. I want to I point out something there. It doesn't just say, Blessed is the man who happens to trust God. Notice, it says, Blessed is the man who makes. Doesn't that imply effort it implies he did something you see God does not lie but here's the thing that doesn't mean we automatically trust him many people have have wisely stated that we often ascribe to God the characteristics of our own fathers or of other people who we have encountered. And when we have encountered people who cried wolf, then we were automatically tentative. Well, the next person, the next person comes along. I have, I have seen people who have been hurt so bad. They've been lied to. In, in, in previous relationships, whether it was... It was uh, terrible dating relationships or whether it was it was other marriages that they were in then they get into a, a a relationship with a good person an honest person and you know what they're convinced they're liars they don't trust a word they say a thing they do because they are convinced that their honesty can't convince them they have so much held back just i it's happened so many times before here's the thing if we're not careful when the bible says trust in the lord that's what we do well i don't know i'm not sure could he really did he really mean that i don't know the bible says make it says to make <clears throat> the lord his trust who does not look to the proud to who, those who turn aside to make false gods. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is the faithful God who keeps his covenant. We have to know that God is faithful. How do we trust God? We trust him by focusing on the times that he has been truthful. We, those of us who don't trust God, let me just, I'm going to say something true. If God can't lie, is he lying to you? No. Can you trust him? Does everybody trust him? No. Then we have a gap. I know I should, but I don't, is basically where we're at. We have this head knowledge that he is always speaking truth, but we have this experience 
of having been lied to before by somebody somewhere. And we're afraid to expect consistent faithfulness from God. We're afraid to, to do that. He says, know that God is faithful and that he keeps his covenant. God obviously never lied to any of us, but trusting him still may feel very much like a challenge. We must focus on his completed promises. And you know what the devil does? He creates scenarios in our mind. And he says that God wasn't faithful. Something happens that we didn't want to happen. And there's two ways to look at it. Either God was unfaithful or he's not done yet. But you know what we do? We listen to that voice where the devil says, God was unfaithful. And it erodes the trust that we have in him. And we find ourselves no longer expecting God to be faithful. No longer, we are not putting, no, do we know in our head that he should be telling? Yeah, yeah, but, but experientially I'm not there. Why? Because I have chosen to believe the narrative that the devil tells me when there is a situation that seems open to interpretation. The devil just says, ooh, he, he plants this idea. He's, he, he didn't, he failed you, he failed you, he failed. Did, the, did God fail you? No. No, he didn't. But there are people in this room right now going, how are you so sure? I mean, I had something pretty serious happen. Something went down. Listen, I am not saying that the world is all roses and, and perfume. Of course it's not. We know that. But is that a result of God failing in his faithfulness? No, it's not. No, it's not. <clears throat> we must focus on his completed promises. We must seek out testimonies, our own and others, knowing the Bible says he is no respecter of persons. And next, our response to God should be truthfulness in ourselves. Colossians chapter 3, verse 7 and 11 says, You used to walk in these ways in life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self. We just saw symbolically in baptism that old self was buried. It says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Who is our creator? God. Does he lie? No. So we are being renewed, made into 
His image, likeness. We are being made like Him. So, like our Creator, we should be honest. It's even in one of the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20, 12. Uh, Honor your father and mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land that Jehovah thy God give thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, and thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. Zechariah 8, 19 says, So the Lord of hosts, the fast of the fourth month, and the fast of the fifth, and the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth, shall be to the house of Judah for joy and gladness and cheerful feast. Therefore, love truth and peace. Now, here's what I want to talk about. We love truth. How many of you have heard the phrase, my truth? Your truth. That's her truth and his truth. And that's their truth. But that's not my truth. So, back to the dictionary definition we read just a few minutes ago at the beginning. I said, that which is true in accordance with fact or reality. Oprah made news when she used that phrase earlier this year. Oh, that's her truth. Is there multiple truths? Do I have a truth that might contradict with your truth? The truth is, no. Now, are we going to hear that? Yeah, we're going to hear people talking like that. Because it's a very popular way to avoid argument. See, we all understand you can't argue with truth. But you can argue with an opinion. So the truth is the earth is round. The truth is two plus two is four. Truth is snow melts if it gets above 32 degrees. A truth, my truth, your truth might be pineapple does not belong on pizza. I love hot sauce. I have a personal belief that vinegar ruins the taste of any hot sauce. Amen. That man has lived in Mexico for a lot of years. Vinegar does not belong in your hot sauce. I'm going to write a letter to paste. It just doesn't belong. Cats, better than dogs. Dogs are better than cats. Those are opinions. They're just opinions. You know what else is an opinion? If I'm born a man and feel like a woman, that's just an opinion. But here's the thing. Our society is trying to pull us away from understanding what truth is. Listen to me. God said he is truth. So when we try to redefine truth, what are we trying to redefine? God. 
If I start to say, oh, I have a truth, you have a truth, vinegar belongs in hot sauce, it doesn't belong in hot sauce, that's just an opinion. And you know what? We are entitled to our own opinions. People are entitled to their own convictions. But they are not entitled to their own truth. And there is a difference. Because truth is an objective thing based in reality. And there is only one reality. When somebody says that their truth is contrary to reality, we understand, no, you have an opinion. You have a conviction. But your opinion doesn't change reality. There aren't multiple truths, just like there aren't multiple gods. Because I am the way, the truth, and the life is what God said. To say my, my truth, I like a, a definition I found. Um, I was running through Google and I ended up at the Urban Dictionary. The Urban Dictionary doesn't always have good stuff in there. But in this particular case, I liked it. This is what it said my truth was. It says, pretentious substitute for a non-negotiable personal opinion. My truth is a pretentious substitute for a non-negotiable personal opinion. You can have perspectives, you can have convictions, you can have an opinion, but truth is objective. And we need to stand up for truth. 1 Peter 3.14 says, But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. I want to read that again. It says, But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. I want to encourage all of us to recognize the lie of the devil when it comes and says truth is subjective. When it says truth varies depending on who you are, where you are, what you think. I want us to say, nope, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He that changes not. Opinions vary. People's convictions vary person to person. People's perspectives vary person to person. That can vary. The truth does not. And and when, when I see our society just continuing to deny the existence of absolute truth, I just think, We as the church need to remind ourselves that we know the truth and the truth has set us free. When we know that God speaks the truth, think about what that means when we hear this verse. 
If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Who said that? God, through divine inspiration, said that. I know that it is true. I will make my trust be in him. So I understand that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I am saved. If you're here and you say, well, saved from what? The Bible explains, it says, we're saved from the sin that separated us from God. The sin that we owed a debt for. We were supposed to pay for the sin that we committed, each and every one of us. And God said, I'll pay that debt I'll send Jesus to die on the cross and raise from the dead. That's what it's talking about. How many of you have done that? You have placed your faith in what Jesus has done, and you know that your sins were forgiven, and you have been saved. Raise your hand high. The Bible says know that you have salvation. To a lot of people, even people who've grown up in church, or some churches, they think, well, I hope I'm saved. Someday I'll find out. It'd be nice to know before heaven, but I probably won't. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, know that you have salvation. And then God, who cannot lie, says, this is how you know. You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. If you are not certain that you have been saved, if you don't know that to be the truth, then I want to give you a chance tonight. I'd like everybody to close your eyes a moment, put your heads down. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you would like to say that prayer and know with absolute certainty that God has forgiven your sin, that you have been saved from the consequences of that sin, and that you will spend eternity in heaven with him. If you want that, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Just raise your hand up. Is there anybody here? Let's all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we believe in you. We know that you are the truth and the life. You sent your son to die on the cross and he rose from the dead to pay for our sin. We make you the Lord of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, hey, I just want to encourage you that God is trustworthy. He is trustworthy. But here's the thing. That doesn't mean that all of us feel like trusting him. 
I feel like when we were talking earlier about what it's like to be lied to, to be misled, to be deceived, and then be told, okay, now trust. That touches some of us deeply. And we recognize that's where we're at. And the devil has been using that to keep us from placing our trust in God. In our heads, we recognize, yeah, sure, I'm supposed to believe, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But in our hearts, we keep avoiding. Because the devil has gotten us to ascribe the actions of people to God. And the verse says, he is not a man that he can lie. I want to close with one more prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would reveal your character to every person in this room. Lord, those of us who have been deceived, lied to, hurt before, Lord, I pray that you, through your Holy Spirit, will inspire us to see that that is the source of our doubt and not any failure on God's part. Lord, I pray that you would inspire us, that you would remind us, that you would help us to make our trust in you, to choose what we know to be true over what the devil tries to convince us to doubt. In Jesus' name, amen.